0: This is WRAL News, your number one source for local news.
1: As we come on the air tonight, a new sign of relief for small business owners worried about how they will stay afloat. Thank you for joining us this evening. I'm Deborah Morgan.
2: And I'm Gerald Owens. Within the past hour, the president said he will sign the second relief bill. Today, the governor also laid out the state's plan to reopen and the key milestones it'll take to
3: get there.
1: More on that in a moment, but we start with Mark Boyle in the Live Center, keeping an eye on the stimulus and the new information coming out of Washington, D.C. Mark.
3: Hey there, Deborah. A lot of headlines to get to this evening. The president's coronavirus task force press briefing today just wrapped up less than 25 minutes ago. We'll get to that shortly as well. Let's look at some of these headlines. First, the one you just mentioned, the House passing the $484 billion bill to help those small businesses where that money has run out, helping hospitals as well. President Trump is expected to sign that into law by the end of the week. Also, this headline right here is getting a lot of attention right now on social media. Trump saying he may extend coronavirus social distancing guidelines into the summer, some places, some others, not so much. Now, also, he talked today about governor down in Georgia, Brian Kemp, not happy at all, according to what he said, essentially blasting part of the decision. Take a listen to uh, what he had to say just a short time ago. I didn't
0: like to see spas opening, frankly. I didn't like to see a lot of things happening, and I wasn't happy with it, and I wasn't happy with Brian Kemp. I wasn't at all happy because, and I could have done something about it if I wanted to, but I'm saying let the governors do it. But I wasn't happy with Brian Kemp. Spas, beauty parlors, tattoo parlors, I know.
3: Oftentimes, the president is very closely aligned with Brian Kemp, the Republican in Georgia, but right now, clearly not pleased with that decision, have not heard from the governor in Georgia in terms of his reaction to tonight's response from the president. Back to you. Thank you, Mark.
2: This half hour, we have the response and reaction to Governor Cooper's plan for North Carolina. If you missed it during our five o'clock newscast, we will recap part of our interview with Senator Tom Tillis. We will also talk with North Carolina central economist, Dr. Henry McCoy, about the latest numbers and what this delay means for businesses here. And a little later, we will check back with Dr. Lisa Grelinski, the epidemiologist from UNC Chapel Hill, about what this data means and how it'll help us moving forward.
1: This afternoon, Governor Cooper extended the stay at home order to May 8th and outlined a possible timeline in phases on how North Carolina will reopen state health leaders say businesses will not reopen until the number of cases and hospitalizations stops increasing when it levels off gatherings of up to 10 people would be allowed. At least two weeks later, phase two could begin. That would mean lifting the stay at home order and some businesses reopening. Then four to six weeks after that, the state could move into phase three. The number of people allowed inside businesses would increase, but Cooper said life will not go back to normal for a long time.
2: As we dig through the governor's three phase plan, we are learning that restaurants and bars will not be allowed to reopen even with limited capacity until at least two to three weeks after the criteria for phase one has been met. WRO's doing Grace is live tonight in Raleigh, and Julian, this could mean June for limited reopenings.
4: That is what we're hearing, Gerald, and you know, we talked to a number of the businesses here, and they were very candid with us during a conversation. They say they want to see an end to the coronavirus, but they were also candid and say they're struggling right now. Take a look at this video from earlier. This was Hillsboro, We took a walk around that business district earlier today, and we saw some restaurants open and serving takeout, all while practicing social distancing. We also found the doors of other restaurants closed. Now, Cooper's announcement will further delay the opportunity for some of those restaurants the chance to generate more revenue. But some of the business owners that we talked to that are running restaurants along that strip, they are hopeful about Cooper's plan.
3: Uh, this is the health concern. I think as uh, he makes a good decision, I think uh, we should do that. You know, make a social distancing. You know, aware so about our and the family's health.
4: You can hear him remaining very hopeful tonight. Also. What about the salons that you spoke about, Gerald? We will talk to a salon owner later tonight at 10 and 11, and he has a big suggestion for Governor Cooper. Here's what he has to say, all new, tonight at 10 and 11. All right, Julian Grace Lyman-Raleigh.
2: Thank you, Julian.
1: News of the latest stimulus deal is not as reassuring to those still waiting for checks, which includes taxpayers who don't have direct deposit and may not have filed taxes in the past few years. Today, WRL's Brian Mims caught up with some people in our area still waiting and how they're coping.
5: But when I look at you, the gigs are gone, but that voice, right with me. that voice still carries a soulful tune for an audience of one. Darius Middleton is single, age 25. Well, I'm a a full-time musician. A singer and songwriter for a group called Deshawn and Soul. The main way I make a source of income is by performing. He teaches vocal and piano lessons, too. He lives in an apartment in Durham. There's rent to pay. He has no shows, and his stimulus payment is a no-show, along with his federal tax refund. How quickly do you need this money? I needed it yesterday. Uh-huh. last week. <laughs> he has tried to call the IRS, but the agency says it's not equipped to handle phone calls during this pandemic. It's tough even for us in the media to get through. But I checked online and found insight from personal finance columnists with national publications. Forbes magazine says the order of checks is not random or based on geography. The IRS will send checks starting with those who have the lowest annual adjusted gross income. At the rate of 5 million checks a week, look at the timetable for payments. It runs into to September. I'm sick now. I'm tired of the morning. 48-year-old Daryl Best of Fayetteville is on disability and receives supplemental security income. He's expecting a direct deposit, but each time he checks the IRS site, he gets payment status not available. The website Penny Hoarder says, don't fret, the IRS is getting the info it needs from relevant agencies. It says you should have your payment by early May at the latest. Yeah. We don't have an answer for Darius Middleton other than the cash is coming. Maybe that is some music to his ears. Right now, he still has music to make. Brian Mims, WRAL News, Durham.
1: For most people who filed taxes for 2018 and 2019, the deposit should be automatically put into your bank account. If you need to update your direct deposit information, you can do so on the IRS website.
0: Within the past hour, the House approved more funding for testing, along with aid for small businesses and hospitals. And with that vote, as you heard earlier, it will move to the president's desk. Senator Tom Tillis supported the bill. I spoke with him in our 5 o'clock newscast about states that are planning to reopen more quickly than North Carolina? Well, I think that these governors and, and other states that are moving quickly should at, at least stay within the guardrails that the CDC, the COVID Task Force, and the president have put forth. Dave, if you look at uh, Georgia, Georgia and North Carolina both have about 10 million people. Georgia has had three times more confirmed cases and nearly four times more confirmed deaths. So I hope that they're using the data that the governor will that we will to open the economy, but do it in a way that doesn't create a risk of having that double hump, that second peak. We want to avoid that. We want to get the economy back on track. In the meantime, many who own small businesses want to stay on track. We have also uh, talked with retailers and workers wondering about the governor's plan, what it might mean for our wallets. Joining us now tonight, North Carolina Central Economist, Dr. Henry McCoy. Dr. McCoy, thanks for talking with us again. Let's talk about this latest issue out of Washington. Almost 500 billion is going to be pumped back into the economy. Obviously, some will be helped. Government can't help everyone. So with that in mind, what does all of this mean?
6: Well, um, Dave, you got to keep in mind that um, the U.S. economy is about a $22 trillion uh, Annual gross domestic product, which means that you know right now with this um, recent round of about 500 billion dollars, uh, with the 2.2 trillion that came out before, we're you know right at about 3 trillion dollars in, in investment, and again that doesn't come close to the 22 trillion dollars that is used to going through the economy, and so. Um, you know, it will be a Band-Aid, but it will be a small Band-Aid. And I think that if you you look at it from a state standpoint, North Carolina's economy itself is $566 billion. So the amount that was passed today wouldn't even cover the entire economy that we have here in the state. And so folks are going to have to figure out, you know, how how can this money best hit the street? Hopefully it can hit the street in in ways that was, um, you know, get to small businesses better than the last time. And uh, I think we have to wait and see kind of what the impact is going to be.
0: Boy, it's tough though. You talk about it it being a Band-Aid. We just heard from that small business owner in Durham, the singer. I don't think he can even find the box that the Band-Aids come in.
6: (laughs) Yes, it's, it's, uh, you know, again, the economy is so huge. And we know in the first round, we, you know, we had challenges with the the Bank of America's the, the Wells Fargo, the larger institutions and how that money flowed through. Um, and much of that money, um, you know, you're talking to a, a gig economy person, a sole proprietor um, making his living and singing. A lot of businesses that had employees that were restaurants, that were um, some of these other staff members, they couldn't even get access to capital. And so um, that trickle down effect that so-called happens um, is not happening right now. And so we have to figure out how do we really help this money get to people who really need it. And, uh, and folks, a lot of folks, just like the singer is going to be challenged to figure
0: out how am I going to make me- ends meet going forward? Dr. McCoy, there were a lot of people who wanted to hear the governor say something different than he said today. Yet he is saying it phase one will not happen until at least two weeks from tomorrow. What do you make of what he said?
6: Well, I think it's smart. I think that you know we we've heard in the past few weeks, um, not only here in North Carolina but around the country, you know, folks are coming out wanting to you know reopen the economy. But I actually think that's a minority of the population. I think most people recognize this challenge. Um, you heard um, Senator Tillis talk about uh, not wanting that second wave, and so I think most people recognize that it's important to actually um, get the coronavirus under control before you reopen and so um you know even if you reopen there's no guarantee that people will feel safe enough to go out to restaurants and to these establishments and so i think that when you look at places like georgia I- i've seen the interview with the mayor of uh, las vegas and those things um you know folks may want to open up but i think that is you know it's Governor put today. It's going to take time. It's going to take phases. We're going to have to figure out how are these numbers um, coming to us. Are they leveling leveling off? Uh, are we going to be safe? Uh, we do have to figure out how we're going to move into a new norm until a vaccine um, comes out. But for right now, I think this phased
0: approach is a smart approach. Dr. McCoy, I only have about thirty seconds here, but you're a professor. You're a citizen of this state. You're a parent. What advice do you give people who say, "Doc, I don't know which way to turn"?
6: Well, I'd say that, you know, I, I totally understand it. And I, I would advise, you know, try to lean on the services that are out here, you know, keep contacting your local um, social services, you know, contact your church, the synagogues, the um, the different folks around you that are here to support the nonprofits. Um, you know, we are going to get through this and, you know, we have to band together. And so, um, you know, I know it's hard. I know it's tough but folks. You know, um, you know, we have to band together to move forward. And uh, we got to understand that we're all one Um, People and it's important that we work together.
0: Doctor Henry McCoy, good advice as always. We thank you, sir. Still ahead tonight, a, a top epidemiologist weighs in on the timeline to potentially reopen the state.
3: Right now, Raleigh police are questioning a shooting suspect. You saw this play out on our air. Take a look at your screen right here. The man on this screen in the video in that blue shirt Was involved in a shooting, according to investigators, around 430 this afternoon and then took off in his car. He crashed and then he was hiding from police, according to RPD. They eventually tracked him down. And right now, again, they are questioning him uh, and his relation to a shooting that happened south of downtown. This arrest that you're seeing play out on your screen there at that apartment complex happened at the intersection of Leadmine Road and Sugarbush Road at that apartment complex, not too far from the Crabtree Valley Mall. Back to you. All right, Mark. Thank you. Here
2: are the latest coronavirus numbers for North Carolina. Our state has more than 7,800 cases. That's up more than 200 since last night. 486 people are in the hospital and 281 have died. To put those numbers in perspective, here is a look at the daily average of new cases, which helps determine the curve. The average right now is 306. You can still see the curve is still on a slight incline. A similar chart tracks the average number of deaths every day, which is 17. You can see that number trending down slightly on the graph. In just two days, the number of coronavirus cases at a nursing and rehabilitation center in Harnett County rose from 3 to 50. 45 are residents, 5 were employees, 1 resident died. Harnett County has 113 confirmed cases with 5 deaths and 48 people having recovered. In our late news tonight on WRAL, you will hear from someone who has a family member inside and how they're dealing with this.
1: Joining us tonight to talk about the data and analyze the numbers is epidemiologist, Dr. Lisa Grolinski with the UNC Gillings School of Global Public Health.
2: Dr. Grolinski we have had you on several times since we started this. Any surprise today with the governor's phased out plan?
7: I'm really happy with what the governor said today. I'm pleased that he's looking at the data being driven by that and doing his best to keep North Carolinians as safe as possible.
1: Even though we appear to have flattened the curve, the state's reopening plan will not be triggered until we see sustained leveling. The new stay at home order is in effect until May 8th. Based on what we heard and saw today, do you think we could see this leveling happen by then or do you think it will be longer?
7: Uh, It's hard to say. You know, that's a couple of weeks away right now. It seems like we're leveling and that is great news, but we're still seeing several hundred cases every day. We really want to see that stay steady and you start to come down uh, before we're comfortable opening up again, because otherwise those numbers have a really high chance of just going back up
2: with this approach and the ramped up testing, though no one wants to see it. What do you believe is our potential for a second wave?
7: So that's a really difficult question and something that we're all thinking hard about, but don't want to speculate on too much. Uh, it depends on how widespread we're able to, um, you know, get testing out there. We definitely want to be completing more tests each day, and it seems like those numbers, you know, are going up. That our capacity is increasing, so that's important. But as we've seen, you know, there can be pockets that go undetected, as we've observed, you know, in California and New York and other states that have. Been harder hit, and we don't want North Carolina to turn into one of those stories.
1: So let's talk about what's happening in other states, especially to our South, Georgia, South Carolina. Their reopening plans look different. Should that be concerning to state leaders here in North Carolina and those making our policies?
7: Honestly, it does worry me a bit. You know, hearing governors in the northeast and the midwest and the west coast talk about kind of regional plans for reopening makes a lot of sense but obviously each governor you know is in charge of their own state and we don't want to you know get too much into second guessing other communities but you know charlotte has been really badly hit and it's right on the border with south carolina and that type of thing is a little bit worrisome One
2: other question from today's headlines. The World Health Organization posted results from the remdesivir study and found no benefit. Can you speak to this and update us on what's going on in terms of a treatment and a vaccine development in your lab?
7: Okay, so with the WHO report, they didn't find any benefit, but that study had to be stopped because they didn't have enough patients being enrolled in China. So they determined that they weren't going to be able to draw any conclusions from the study, and it was best to end that. So while it's kind of frustrating and we would have liked good news, uh, what it really means is we just still don't know. I think we'll be getting some results out of the U.S. remdesivir studies soon, and hopefully that will be good news. As always, my concern with that is that they treat patients early enough in the course of their infection with these antivirals uh, to have a chance to uh, do their best job. Once it gets too late in infection, it's really the immune response that's driving disease. And so... You know, our point of view is that we don't think the antivirals would be as effective then. We want them to be given to patients as soon as possible, but hopefully we'll see good results in people because that's certainly what our small animal data has shown in the lab.
1: We do hope that. Uh, Last question, Lisa, you were talking to us just off camera about how when you go in and out of your lab, you're changing in and out of PPE quite a -hmm. bit. How is your supply for PPE?
7: Uh, So far, we are well stocked. We... Once we learned that this was a coronavirus back in January, we started placing orders to build up our supplies, like to levels that we wouldn't normally worry about at all. Uh, But those supplies are starting to dwindle. Like there used to be a stack of boxes behind me in the office going almost up to the ceiling. So we're using the PPE faster than we can get new stuff in. So at a certain rate, you know, that becomes unsustainable. So far we're still getting deliveries, but it's something we're we're keeping an eye on and hopefully we don't get to a point where we start to have to limit experience, experience keep going into the lab.
1: Yeah, we know you are mm-hmm. working 24 seven. We so appreciate your time in doing what you're doing, the important research as well as your time talking with us. Dr. Lisa Grilinski. thank, thank you. Thank you so much.
2: All right, thank you. O'Reilly Company is changing its business model to create hand sanitizer. Coming up, the special deliveries that some families received for free.
3: A quick update of the numbers from Durham County just released to the WRL newsroom. Highlighted in yellow here, the key parts of this release, Durham County now reporting 500 cases of confirmed coronavirus there in that county. Also, two COVID-19 related deaths in the county for residents, bringing the total of deaths to nine in Durham County. Back to you. Thank you, Mark. A Raleigh company gave away bottles of hand sanitizer. Murphy's
2: Naturals typically makes insect repellent. It recently shifted its entire production line to hand sanitizer and left free bottles on front doorsteps all across Raleigh. The company has also given thousands of bottles to the U.S. Navy and the Department of Veterans Affairs. We know many of you want to help your neighbors in need during this crisis. We have a growing list of links, donation needs, and ways to help students while they're out of school. Visit WRAL.com and search here to help for ways you can lend a hand.
1: You know, I just can't get enough to see how people are really coming together. Companies that make insect repellent are making hand sanitizer. People (laughs) are just finding ways to be creative and helping each other. It's really nice to see. Making masks, you know,
2: volunteering to make masks. It's amazing.
1: Thank you so much for joining us this evening.
2: Make sure to watch our news tonight at 10 on Fox 50 and 11 o'clock here on WRAL. Have a great night.